Our Old Testament reading today is Psalm 111. It's an individual hymn of thanksgiving with just 72 Hebrew words and more than twice that many in English. It summarizes the history of God's deliverance of ancient Israel in this way. At first, it starts with a vow to give thanks in the first verse. The next couple of verses describe the deeds of the Lord, and then the deeds of the Lord are described further. In, in, uh, first, they're praised, and then they're described in the next verses, and then it ends with an introduction to wisdom. So listen now for God's word for us today in Psalm 111. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. Full of honor and majesty is his work, and his righteousness endures forever. He has gained renown by his wonderful deeds. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear him. He's ever mindful of his covenant. He has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the heritage of the nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. He sent redemption to his people he has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. Now last week I said that the book of Ephesians has six chapters with the first three chapters focused on what God has done and the last three chapters focused on how we are to respond to what God has done. Today's reading says that we are to respond with spirit-filled worship. Listen now for God's word in Ephesians chapter 5. We'll start at the 15th verse. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but is wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts giving thanks to God the Father at all times for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. O Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When our son Paul was about oh, four, four years old, the preschool told us that the governor was going to be coming to his school to sign a bill. And they warned us the media would be there. I guess they so would dress up better, huh? So that afternoon, we picked him up and we brought him home. And Betty asked Paul several different questions about his day. And could get no news out of that four-year-old. He was sort of in the yep, nope mode. <laughs> 
So she challenged me to try. I'd worked for a newspaper one couple of times, and she said, okay, you work for the Charlotte Observer. You work for the Augusta Herald. You get it. You see what you can get out of me. So I said, now, son, at school today, did the teacher have your whole class go up to that big room at the front door, and did they tell your class they had to stand still and be real quiet? And he said, yes, sir. <laughs> but not much else. Well, <laughs> we got the story, though, from one of his teachers. One of the teachers told us the governor had come in and said a few words about the bill he was going to sign, you know. He said, uh, now this bill is going to improve child care and daycare for children across the great state of North Carolina. And then the media asked a bunch of questions, you know. Now, governor, isn't it true that it only applies to so many 20 counties out of the 100 and say, no, 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 no. And then finally, the governor took out his pen and he held it up and he said, now children, I'm gonna take this pen and I'm gonna sign this piece of paper and then it will become the law in the great state of North Carolina. Well, that's when Paul's little buddy Ian spoke up with a big laugh, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> you see, Ian and all the other four-year-olds had been as good as they could as long as they could. And they knew the happy sound of freedom when they heard it. <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> well, Ian didn't know it, but he was doing the same thing, the writer of Psalm 111, and for that matter, Psalm 150, Johnny read to us earlier. It, as he began this psalm, praising God with happy thanksgiving because that word hallelujah is Hebrew for praise the Lord. Well, as we read this psalm, did you notice word pairs? There are several of these word pairings in Psalm 111 that tell us about God. The first one we'll consider was in the fourth verse. It said, the Lord is gracious and merciful. It echoes the description God gave Moses of himself saying, that God is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Now, the scholar and preacher you've heard me mention a lot of times, Walter Brueggemann says that God is not into quid pro quo scorekeeping or dealing with us according to what we deserve. You may remember that Psalm 130 says, If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, Lord, who could stand? Well, we know the answer to that question. Not you, not me, not anybody. Nobody is that good. But the very next verse in that psalm says, there is forgiveness with God. Well, Psalm 111 reminds us of three of the ways God is gracious and merciful. He said God provides food. You remember when the children of Israel were wandering in the desert, they, they needed food and they got manna each day. And they also had quail that were provided for them. That God blesses, that one, God, God provides food, two, that God keeps, prom keeps promises. He doesn't break promises. And that God, third, that God blesses the nation. He gave Israel a nation. He used to give, blessed us with this nation. The second pair is that the works of God's hands are faithful and just. Now, Brueggemann says this means that God is actively at work in public affairs. 
God didn't just create the world and say, well, leave it to you. I've got other things to do. That's not the way it worked. The third pair comes at the end of verse 8. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. And then the fourth pair is in the ninth verse, which tells us that God sent redemption to his people and has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is God's name. God's way beyond any words we any words we apply to God are metaphors at best. They, God is not describable in human language. Any concepts, God's beyond any limitations we might imagine. And God is certainly beyond our control. And the marvelous mystery is that God who made us and knows us, loves us. Well, these four word pairs tell us something about God and our passage from Ephesians tells us something about how we are to respond to God. One, it says we're to sing together psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That was one of the things I missed most about our having to be online so much of last year is being able to sing together. And we're not just to sing together, we're to make melody to the Lord in our hearts. Now the church where Betty and I were married, uh, they would have associate ministers, they were young people who were in their second year of what's usually three years of seminary. So they were called middlers. Now some of them were bright and good-hearted and clearly called, and some, well, no, it wasn't so evident, right? There was one fellow who would say things like this. Rejoice in the joy of your salvation. <laughs> but he did not seem to be rejoicing or making melody in his heart. Like so many of us, he needed to pray the words of the 51st Psalm, which say, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain in me a willing spirit. Now the last verse of Psalm 111 urges us to heed the call to wisdom, I sing, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Another psalm scholar I read who had a hard to pronounce name is Nancy de Classe Walford. Nancy says, fear is a good translation of the word, but in today's culture, that idea of fear is connected with basic human instincts like run, defend, retaliate. But the Hebrew's root word there encompasses a much larger meaning of awe and reverent respect and honor. That word also appears in the Old Testament as a synonym for love, for cling to, for serve. In other words, this kind of fear does not mean be scared of God, but to be obedient to the will of God. Now the first verse we read from Ephesians said we are to be careful how we live. We are not called to waste our lives in self-centeredness, self-indulgence, trivial entertainment, or boredom. Our charge is as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts. You and I, are to give thanks to God the Father at all times for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So let me ask you, in how you live and how you speak and what you do and how you do it, 
What song are you singing? Thanks be to God.